that means that the state of our inner being and what we do physically matters. It always matters, but more so when we are fasting because we are engaging in a spiritual act. It's a time when we can see ourselves in God's mirror because it's just God and you. And so we can see ourselves, our spiritual state, where we are, a time where God can bring out revelation. And so confession and knowing the power of confession is going to be important. Isaiah 58 lets us know that it matters to God what we do in the physical as much as what we do uh, to um, spiritually speaking, you know, uh, fasting and praying. Those things are important, but it also matters to God what we do in the physical realm as well. The scripture tells us um, that uh, the the way that he wants his people to fast is very, very different. And um, so today, um, as much as God is concerned with how we are fasting today, as we talk about the power of confessions, we're going to be talking about three crucial points. Okay, the three crucial points is we'll be getting into uh, what we say. Standing on God's word, you know, with our lips, the standing of God's word and commanding our lives through confession. So the first one, what we say, what we say and what's in our heart, there's a connection. So the first point is the heart and mouth connection, the heart and mouth connection. Now, so for those of us who have children in the house or have dealt with children at any point, babysat children, um, whatever, this is going to be come to life to you, okay? Um, when And even us, as we were kids, um, as we were growing up in kids, there was a popular saying all the time, right? Sticks and stones, I break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We get into arguments with our friends, you know, they will start saying stuff, start speaking smack. Um, as we say, and we're always saying, stick and slumber bones at words will never hurt me. That was far from the truth because sometimes our friends are in argument, they would say words and it would hurt us. And we're trying to make believe like it didn't matter to us, but it does because mean words do have an impact sometimes on us. So the statement, of course, is not a hundred percent true, which means that our words do matter. What we speak into the air matters. Ephesians 4 29. I'm going to go, I'm going to be speaking a lot of scriptures out today. So please write them down if you don't fully get it and uh, keep, try to keep a, a ear to listen. Okay. Ephesians 4 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What does that mean? That means that when we speak, whoever is listening, they should be uh, built up on the inside. It should do. It should be. It should do something good for them. It should do something good for their lives. It should be edification. That's so edifying comes from the word of building, edifice, a building. You know, if you've seen a building, it's strong. This is supposed to bring strength to people. 
Okay. Um, so that, that connection is important. What we say really does matter. Let's go to James chapter three, verses five to six. So under this point, okay, under our heart mouth connection, that was the first point. It matters what we say. The next one is the tongue is small, but causes big problems. The tongue is small, but causes big problems. James chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. James 3, verses 5 through 6. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. How many times has our big mouth gotten us into trouble? Right? We say things and then we're like, man, why did I say that for? I shouldn't have said that. And it causes more trouble for you than you had intended. And it happens more when we're angry. And we just fly things out the mouth. Or sometimes when we're just not fully considering who's listening. And then um, we say things that we don't mean. Um, We make promises that we can't keep. The scripture teaches us that our no should be no and our yes should be yes. And God knows that our mouths can get us into trouble. When we say to our children... Oh, I want you to behave, go do your homework, um, and then I'll get you, you know, a cookie or you could play video games for an hour. Just make sure that you do your homework. How many of us know that that child is going to come back and make sure that you make do on your word? right? He's going to come back and say, uh, mommy, your daddy, your auntie, your uncle, you said that if I did my homework, that I could have two cookies. You promised me, right? You're, you, you promised. And so now you have to make do on your word. Otherwise, you're just not going to have peace in your house. And because we want our children to trust us, uh, we make do on our word and whatever that means, you know, maybe we're tired. We don't want to go out to the park. We promised we would take them to the park and now we have to go or we have to spend the money that we didn't want to spend, etc. and so forth. And so um, our, our tongue, even though it's small, can cause us big, big problems. So don't make promises that you can't keep. Um. You know, there's that big, there's that saying that says, you know, a big talk and no do. Big talk and no do. Um, That should not be us, right? When we're at work, when uh, our boss tells us to do something, uh, we should do it. I have up on my screen uh, a, a quote that I found online. When it's all said and done, will you have said more than you've done? Will you have said more than you've done? We should be people of integrity that when we speak something, uh, 
we do it. Amen. When we speak something, we do it. We should deliver on our word because it's important. You never know who you will bring to God, who you will bring to Christ because you're a a man or a woman that you say what you do and they, they can count on knowing who you are. They get what they, they get what they see, nothing more, nothing less. And that, that ministers to people that ministers to people. Amen. The next point, the next point, we speak what is in our heart. We speak what is in our heart. Why is this important? When the scripture speaks about heart, you know, uh, there's verses that speak about, they'll, they'll mention the word heart. When the scripture speaks about heart, it's not talking about the organ that beats blood. Okay, this is not what the scripture is actually referring to. When scriptures is referring to heart, it is referring to the center of our being, the center of who we are. It's in our soul. It's where our thought processing happens. It's how we think, the way we think. And the way we think impacts our emotions, who we are, and what we say. Why am I saying this and why is this important? Psalm 19, 14. Because if we want to have power in confession, it's going to matter what we say. And we have to pay close attention to what we say so that when we say things, you'll see it becomes more important later. It matters. Okay. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What we believe in our heart and what comes out of our mouth, there's a connection between the two. Otherwise, the psalmist would not have said it this way. And I see it all the time. The reason it comes out your mouth is because you thought it in your heart. So it matters what you put in here and what we believe in our heart, what, was, what is in the center of us, what is our core belief system, uh, what is it that we believe God for, what is it that we, see, how do we see God, all that will uh, inform our speech and what we say. Okay, so in order, we don't go trying to fix this necessarily. Well, the real problem, that's why I call it the heart-mouth connection, is going to be in our heart. Okay, and so when it comes to changing the heart, here's the big question that we have to ask ourselves. The big question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing? Are we willing? The mistake that I believe as humans and as Christians that we make is that we try to, it's a couple of things. The first thing is that we try to do things externally only. And you see, when we fast, fasting is not that process. The real fast that God wants is an internal fasting, right? And so when we fast during this fast, I want us to be willing for our hearts so that when we confess out of our mouth is different, it's a different ball game because what we say is what we mean. Yes? Amen? 
What we say is what we mean. We have to come to that point. Okay, so number one, when we're dealing with our heart, of course, I said we have to be willing. Do we, are we willing for God to come into our life and change perhaps our wrong perspective? You know, that's the other problem most Christians have. We have our perspective and we want God to fit that perspective. We're going to have a very skewed view of God. Rather instead, being willing and then asking God, God, change my perspective. I want to see the what you see. I want to see the way you see. Because the way he sees is completely different than how we see. Okay, and the way God sees is also a lot less stressful. It brings peace. It brings joy. It brings strength. This is God's way of seeing God's perspective. And so we want that. We want to see how God sees and not how we see the thing. We need God. So are we willing and are we willing to see it God's way? That's why the psalmist said, let the words, he's asking God, may my word, God, I want my words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, what is in my heart to be pleasing to you and acceptable in your sight. And he recognizes as Lord as strength and his redeemer. Amen. King David understood this. He discovered this. That's why David's, uh, if we study, if uh, I, had a, I had a book one time that somebody let me borrow, study the um, intimacy that King David had with God. It was absolutely amazing because it was before Jesus Christ. Absolutely amazing. He, he had like this passion and this love of God that was just absolutely admirable. And so he can speak to God this way. Do we have that boldness to speak to God that way? We should. We should have that, but we should want to attain that boldness because it will change the trajectory of many things. And you will see that as we continue. So we have to invite God into our ways. Psalm 139.23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. We should allow God to do that. During our fast, during this time, allow God to search you. Allow God to show you. Allow God to break things. You know, allow God to help you deal with maybe some of the struggles that you are dealing with, whatever it be, you know, sometimes our struggles are not necessarily sins. They may not necessarily be sins. Maybe it is a sin and you need to break that. Maybe we having troubles of unbelief and doubt. Let that, let that be that time. Okay. This is why we're doing this because it's, it's important. Confessions and the power of confession is very, very crucial. So ask God to search you and know who you are. You want, you want God to know who you are. I mean, he knows who you are, but it's something special, right? Uh, when we invite that person, it's like a, your spouse, right? Your spouse may know who you are, but when you invite your spouse into your life and tell, and even though that person may know everything, you know, may, maybe, maybe he or she does know what's going on. But when you invite that person, it's a different intimacy, okay? When you invite people in even though they may know what's going on from the outside. Amen. Tell God that. Okay, so so the next point. So that's the heart and mouth connection. Okay, I think we've, uh, we've got that. I think we've understood 
that. And, and uh, I hope that when we're meditating on the scriptures, that we allow that change and that repentance to happen in the heart so that your mouth speaks God's word. That's basically the point, okay? When we allow that searching to happen, we allow God to search our heart and we start changing according to God's word, then our mouth automatically comes into connection with that. And we have that heart mouth connection happening. Amen. Amen. So great. Point number two. Point number two. Standing on God's word. How do we stand on God's word? When uh, we spoke about the armor of God um, some time ago, we spoke about um, standing on God's word. Ephesians 6, 13, 14. You know, when it speaks about the armor, it tells you to put, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Standing is a big thing. Uh, what does it mean by standing? Standing is standing on God's word. How do we do that? Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. God's word. He's not like us. When he says something, he means it. You could take it, take it to the bank. When somebody gives you a check, it's just plain paper right? It's just a plain paper. But you know that if it says $10,000, you are not going to lose that check, right? You're going to take it straight to the bank. You're not going to stop anywhere. You're going to take it straight to the teller and sign it off and deposit. And you know, it's going to put $10,000 into your bank account for sure. For sure. You know that the issuer of the check is always good on their checks and you know for sure you're going to have the 10,000. That's God's word. You can bank on his word. It, he will not change it. It is what it is. You can stand on it. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wearing the hope of what? The hope of God. Whatever hope that God has given us, we can stand on it without shaking. It says without wavering, without shaking. You know, the ocean moves and it, the, the waves toss back and forth. And sometimes life has ups and downs and things happen, but not God. Not God's word and not his promises. That will stay true, true to true and will not change. Okay. Um, and so with that, when we're standing on God's word, this is something that we have to keep in mind. Okay. Faith without works is dead. That's James 2 14. What does it profit my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? When we're standing on God's word, we have to match the works with the faith that we're believing for. Okay, so what we do on the outside and what we we'll believe on the inside, they have to match. What we are praying for has to line up. It has to line up. So if you're believing God for a new job, what are you doing to get that new job? Right, we can't just, it's not going to fall on your lap like that. God doesn't work like that. God is not magic. God is not a genie in a bottle. He's not somebody that uh, you burn incense and then he's just going to do whatever you want. It doesn't work that way. 
All right. God works with faith. Where there is faith, he will, uh, he will, he will make do on his promise. So with that said, when we are praying and believing God for a request, does our request, there's, there's some pointers for this. Does our request line up with God's word? That's going to be number one. So when we're praying and fasting, pastor is going to bring out some prayer points and you can add your own, have your own too, that you're also believing God for. When we're doing those points, does our, you want them to line up with what God's word says. This is why during Bible studies, Wednesday night Bible studies, we go through it. Even this morning, we're talking about the blessings uh, and our being complete in Jesus Christ because we should know what they are. Why? So we can stand on it. Are we Then the next thing, like I said earlier, is are we taking the necessary steps of faith according to what we are believing God for? For example, if we're praying to be healthier, have we changed the foods that we are buying and eating to match our faith? We need a, we need a turnaround in our body. We need a healing in our body. Are we, are we doing what we need to do? Right? Are we doing the right thing? And then we are praying and we're standing on God's word. God's word says that by his stripes we are healed. You could stand on that word. You could take that word to the bank. It's going to happen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We spoke about the job. The next thing, when we are standing on God's word, are we obeying God? Are we obeying God? Are we living according to godly convictions? So if God is telling us, you know, some, sometimes things kind of don't make sense because you see your friend. I'm going to take the food as an example. You see, you see your friend eating Doritos and he and eats the same things you do. And that person doesn't have high cholesterol. But you do. And you're like, what's up, God? <laughs> I don't get it. It don't make no sense to me. God has been telling you to stop eating those foods but you're still doing it because your friend is doing it. You're disobeying God. I hope, you, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Sometimes God will tell us things to do that's good for us. But you may see somebody else doing the thing that God is telling you not to do. But we're not here to compare. God is telling you something for a reason. And we should obey that. And we should also be obeying scriptures. Amen. This is why even sometimes pastors and leaders, when it comes to ministry, we sometimes get into that same thing. God is saying to uh, a certain, I call them, I'm going to call them angels because they're messengers of God to each and every single church. Every church has their pastor, their senior pastor, their angels. God is telling this particular person, this pastor, this angel, oh, this is what I want you to do to reach out to the people. And it doesn't maybe not sound 
fantastic. It doesn't sound super spiritual. Meanwhile, the other pastor is holding conferences because that's what God told him to do. We need to follow what God tells us to do. And some of that, God is going to give us instructions during our fast. And each and every single person needs to follow the instructions that God gives us. Amen. Because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for revelation for our life. And our life is not everybody else's life. Our life is the one that God gave us. And it's individual. And it's unique. And we need to do what God tells us to do. Because he's not going to tell us something because he wants to bother us or hurt us or inconvenience us. This is not about inconvenience. This is about what is best for us. And we sometimes do not know what is best for us. Why? Because we have a skewed way of seeing things. Amen? Makes sense? And so when we're standing on God's word and confessing God's word, when God begins to speak to us, we need to move on his word. Amen. Uh, when we are, uh, so let's, so, um, God, so we're standing on God's word and, uh, we're dealing with moments of anxiety. You know, you could stand on Psalm 23 verses one to four. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We can recite that. We can confess it. We can say it until the anxiety breaks. And I guarantee you a hundred percent, 200 percent that that anxiety is going to break. Stand on God's word and you will see the fruit of God's word. The next thing when we stand on God's word, we should put the demand on the word of God. Sometimes what we do is we put the demand on ourselves and we take it on ourselves. But the thing is, is that God has said it. So put the demand on God's word. Put it on him. Uh, I'm going to go to as an example in the Bible, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel nine, four. This is what Daniel said. Uh, Daniel, uh, was praying for the people of God during captivity. Uh, the people of God had disobeyed God and they ended up being taken captive by the enemy. And, uh, Daniel was praying and he remembered the promise of the prophecy from the prophet Jeremiah. Okay, God's word was already spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. And what Daniel did was he put a demand on God's word and he stood on God's word. This is standing on God's word. When we stand on God's word, we're putting a demand on God's word. And this is Daniel, Daniel chapter nine, verse four. And I prayed to the Lord, my God, and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love and with those who keep his commandments. He was putting a demand on God's word. He's confessing. He's repeating back to God what he promised. He said, you keep the covenant with us. You promised you promised, and this is what you said. Do you see? And Daniel, if we read the book of Daniel, Daniel was a great example of not only excellency and integrity, but um, he also was a, a big um, 
he he helped rebuild uh, the um, the temple. Um, and he had uh, the people uh, get together and come out and, you know, um, he brought back the people. Okay. He took the people back out of captivity. Um, so putting demand on God's word is important. We have to put it back on God. Amen. Stand on God's word. Um, and I can go through some um, other verses here that speak about putting um, demand on God's word. Ecclesiastes 11, 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. John six thirty three. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. So shall my word be that goes forth in my shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and that shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Stand on God's word. Amen. So we're, we're bringing this up to a close. Okay, my third point is this one. When we, uh, the power of confession is commanding our lives commanding our lives. When we confess the scripture into our lives, we command our bodies. We can command our destinies. James 3, 2 to 4. For we all stumble, James 3, James chapter 3, verses 2 to 4. For we all stumble in many things, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that we may obey us, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. There are many things that we can't control in life. We can't control a lot of things. Okay, we can't control people. We can't control all circumstances. There are just things that we have no control over. But the one thing that we can control is us. We can control our responses. We can control our choices. We can control our bodies. We can control us. Some of us like to give the excuse of, I can't help it. I just do what I do. But when we understand that we are complete in Christ and sin is broken over our lives, then that old self, the flesh, what the body wants, no longer has dominion over us. And we now have control over it. Amen. We have dominion over it. So we can control 
ourselves. You know, sometimes our big problem is our hardware that's in our mind. We spoke about that, our heart. And we need to fix it by meditating on scripture. That's our fix. We need new update. We need new software. That's scripture. So we can control what we say. So the scripture talks about a ship. And I'm going to show you uh, a, a rudder. Okay, that's what the scripture is talking about. And I want you to see how it looks like. Now, if you see it, do you see how big that ship is? You see how large <laughs> the ship is? That thing is huge. And do you see the little, little thing that I've circled in yellow? That is the rudder. And that is comparing ourselves and our tongue our mouth. When the captain of that ship turns the steering, he can, he can control the destination of where that ship is going to land. I want to say it again. That rudder, when that captain gets behind the wheel, he controls the destination where that ship is going to harbor. When it comes to us, this mouth, this tongue of ours, we are the pilot of it and we can control where we go. We can control the destiny and where we will end up, where we will harbor. We move in the direction of what we speak. So what we say matters. Confessions matter. And when we line it up with God's word, God can do anything. Okay. I'm going to use myself as an example this morning. When I was a, a young teen, early teenage years, and I, I remembered this story. Um, and um, I, I always think about it once in a while when uh, things get a little rough early as a, and I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever shared it. So as a teenager, I, I remember sensing the call of God in my life, but the problem was I didn't understand, you know, I wasn't well informed. I wasn't really going to a good, great church that discusses these things. I wasn't really truly saved, but I love the things of God. And I went to church and I could sense the call of God on my life. And I remember seeing the pastor and I remember thinking that I, I want to be a pastor, but I don't see female pastors. I, I don't know if this thing exists or if it's true because I was sensing the call of God. And I remember my aunt told me that my aunt is the same age as, as me. Um, some time ago, when I told her that I became a pastor, she said, I already knew that that's what you were going to do. And I said, uh, what do you mean? How did, how are you going to know that? You know? And she said, because you told me. I had told her that I wanted to be a pastor. But the thing is, in my mind, I struggled with because I didn't see any female. So I thought maybe it's just you know, I'm, I'm young. I don't, I don't understand things, but I had already begun to speak it out and it was already in my heart. 
and look where we are today. What we say matters. And when we match it with conviction of heart, and when we match it with standing on God's word and putting a demand on God, we will reach our destination. And the destiny that God has for each and every single person is a good thing. He says that I have a plan and a purpose for you, and it's a good one. You could read that in Jeremiah. He has a plan and a purpose for each and every single person, and it's a good one. So we have to trust God for it. And the power of confession, what we say with our mouths, how we speak, the meditations of our heart are going to matter. And when we go through this fast this time, let it be different. Expect miracles. Line yourself up. Let's line ourselves up with God because that's, I'm also wanting to see God move for myself. I want to see the supernatural move. I want to see miracles happen. I want to see miracles happen in all of our lives. And in order to do that, we have to line ourselves up. We have to know how to stand, how to put the demand on God's word. And this is how we are going to do it. Amen. Amen. And I want to see, I want to see it. I want to see the glory fall down on each and every single person's life. Hallelujah. And I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. The devil cannot control any single one of us. He has no dominion. Let the word of God break barriers. Let the word of God break cycles, generational cycles, generational curses. What your mother did, what your father did, how your parents were, how your gra- it doesn't have a bearing anymore. Say that this is going to end here with me and do it with the power of confession. Do it standing on God's word because God's word says that he has broken. He has broken the curse of the law. He has broken it. So that means that we have a new life. That means that we are new in him and that we have the authority over our sin. We have the dominion to break those sin cycles and say that I am a new creation in Christ and I can do better. Amen. Hallelujah. God will do it for us. Amen. So as we go into our fast, as we go into our fast, let it be different. As we put the scriptures out, pray, meditate, let, let us align ourselves with God's perspective. Amen. Let's line ourselves with God's perspective. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. May we see the fruit of God during this fast as we use the power of confession. Amen. With that is what I'm closing with. I want us to pray this morning. <sighs> Hallelujah. I want us to pray that um, our, as we pray and as we fast, that our, our words and the meditations of our hearts will be pleasing to God, that destinies will be fulfilled, that healing, miracles, and the supernatural will take place. And if there's anyone struggling with any type of thing that you just, it's just been in your family. You're just used to it. You say that this is just how it is. God is saying to you, no. He, God is saying he has a better plan. He has a better purpose. And he has greater things 
for you. And I want you to pray that uh, with us this morning as we go and, and into prayer this morning. Let's go into prayer this morning, Lord. I just thank you for your people this morning. I just give you praise for them, Lord God. Each and every single one of them are the apple of your eye, O Lord. And I thank you for them, that as we go into this fast, O Lord God, as we stand on your word, O Lord, and align ourselves with you, and we confess your word over our lives, that destinies will be fulfilled. Destinies that have been put on the shelf, Lord God, will be pulled out in the name of Jesus. That miracles will begin to happen in Jesus' name, where you have said that it is impossible. There is somebody that's been saying that that is impossible. God is saying that it is possible in the name of Jesus. Stop saying that it is impossible because God can make it happen for you. You it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter the pain that you've been. God can heal pain and God can make things all new. He makes beauty from ashes. And this morning, that is your portion this morning, that he can make beauty from ashes that he can give you and have you harbor in the place that he will want you to harbor, that you will fulfill the destiny that he has called you for. If you're a pastor, if you're a leader this morning, that God would bless you this morning and that you would bring to fruition that which he has placed on your heart. It shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Stand on God's word and you will see it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Over to you, Pastor Stephen.